Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze, episode 41, where we're going to cover the masked men of pro wrestling. I, of course, am your masked host, the Silver Scorpion, and joining me now, Bobby Blaze. Hey, Gertrude, fix me a baloney sandwich. Oh, God. Hey, Scorpion, I'm going to tell you, that's what I grew up with sometimes, man. Had a little old granny, and I had a daddy bot. And that was my papa, daddy bot, and he'd get on a bender, you know, for about three weeks. And somewhere during that bender, he'd let out a big rip roar and, hey, Gertrude, fix me a bologna sandwich. And she's this little old retired nurse, and she'd say, now, daddy bot, do you want mayonnaise or mustard on that bologna sandwich? God damn it, Gertrude, I don't care if you put cash shit on it, just fix me a bologna sandwich. And, of course, she would, and about ten minutes later, you hear it, hey, Gertrude, Fix me a hamburger. And they'd go through the same routine every time. Do you want mayonnaise or mustard? So it's one of those weeks. You know, Jeremy, I don't care if you put mayonnaise or mustard. No, 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 no. I'm not Jeremy. Okay, Scorpion, I don't care if you put mayonnaise or mustard on it. I don't care if you put cat shit on it, man. We're going to have a good show this week because we got a very, very good topic. And contrary to popular belief, mask wrestlers do get laid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, that's funny stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I do want to say real quickly, I think once you put cat shit on a sandwich, it becomes a cat <laughs> shit sandwich. I don't think it's it's any other kind of sandwich at that point. Yeah, well, I agree, I agree. And she yeah. ate catfish out of the, uh, thinking it was tuna one night, so you Ooh. know, hell's hard telling what on one of them sandwiches, you know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I'm looking forward to this week's show, man. We got these masked men of pro wrestling, and uh, it, we're at episode 41, and man, it's just, it's like you said, we're grinding away at these things, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I don't well, have it's... any special shout outs, but I just know we got a lot, a lot of good listeners. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I, I want to cover one, and you, you and I talked about this a little bit in uh, pre production. Um, I do want to bring up Mill Mascaris real quick. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, okay, so mask wrestlers in the States aren't as big as they are in, say, Japan and Mexico. In Mexico, you had two guys that were masked, uh, masked wrestlers who became household names. Mill Mascaris is one, and uh, El Santo is the other. You know, yes. I, I've actually seen vampire movies that El Santo was in, you know. Awesome, man. And, um, you know, they're not going to be on our list, and it's not because they're not some of the greatest masked wrestlers of all time. We just didn't grow up with them. You know, we, we read about them in magazines, may or, may or may not have seen them on TV. Definitely saw them in, like, you know, Elvira movie uh, festivals and things like that. But they are not on the list just because our exposure to them was kind of minimal. Uh, would you say that is a, a pretty true statement? Yes, very well said. I was hoping you'd preface that uh, this episode with that, and you covered it very well, Scorpion. Uh, I'm kind of glad Jeremy isn't here. Hell, you're already off to a better start. He yeah. gets off to oh, sometimes. Jeremy's having a rough a rough couple weeks. I know I, it, man. It was time I had to tag out with him and come in and you know let him take a break, and now I'm here and everything will be fine. Well, never take off the hood, you know. Don't no, let no, 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 no one. No. Don't reveal your character, Silver Scorpion. No, 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 no. Don't let them do it. No hair mask. No, no hair mask first mask. No money verse mask. Don't do it, man. Don't expose your gimmick, Scorpion. Nope, it's not going to happen. Much like El Santo, I will be buried in this mask. There you go. Yeah, yeah Mike, that nuts. Really good the way you put that up there, though. Yeah. Well, I, I did want to cover that because you know I, I've been reading some of our YouTube comments lately. 
And, you know, I, I try not to let shit get to me, Bobby. I mean, I'm, I'm a crime-finding pro-wrestling podcaster. I don't have time to worry about what other people are saying. But every week, these guys come in, and they're like, hey, you fucking assholes, you forgot so-and-so. How come Danny <laughs> Hodge isn't higher than this guy? What the fuck are you doing putting him on this list? And you know what, guys? We fucking know that. We know it already. <laughs> Jeremy and Bobby know it. I know it. We're, we're good. I, our lists are us in the moment. And I, I got I to gotta let go of that stuff and just and, and get it past me. But I've been reading your comments on the YouTube lately. And there's a couple of you guys out there pop into almost every YouTube video we do and say the same bullshit. So I'm just saying, <laughs> the Silver Scorpion's got an eye on you. I'm watching for you. I'm, I just well, want you, you to know. Them. Yeah. You get them. I don't read the comments on the YouTube. I've learned not to. Um, I know better. Uh, and I hope a lot. I, I, I would say probably 95% of them are positive. I'm, 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 you know, but I just don't even want to read them. Yeah. Um, I'll stick to Twitter where you can find me at BobbyBlaze744. You can find that other guy, Jeremy, at the Geekest Cast. You can find a joint account at Bell to Bell Blaze. Those are on Twitter. I'll stick to the comments there. I'll let the Silver Scorpion handle your comments on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, with these videos. So there you go. It's your it's your bag now, mm-hmm. Scorpion. Well, in between letting matches burn to my thumb and fingertip while I contemplate my moral <laughs> ambiguity. I uh I think we should probably get on with this show and talk about mass wrestlers. Okay, man. Uh, well, I'm gonna tell you. I would mention one real quick. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing myself any favors if I didn't mention him. One of my one of my favorite guys as a masked man was the Dark Shadow. A guy named Carl. He wrestled locally. I wrote about him in my books. We're gonna give them books a plug in just a minute, mm-hmm. where you can find the books out for all the great stories in them. But yeah, Carl was a dark shadow, and he lived his gimmick, man. And it's something about the masked men. That's what they do. They live their gimmick. And uh, Carl just knew how to work the crowd. And, and I've mentioned it before on the show. But the shadow one time just putting this out there on a Sunday afternoon. My brother and I was down at the flea market, and and we. We saw Carl and his wife, his lovely wife, walking towards us, and uh, we got up to him. And real seriously, my brother said to him, hey, I didn't recognize you without your mask. And Carl just had this really great dry sense of humor anyway. And he looked around as if he had it on almost, leaned over and said, that's the way it's supposed to be, kid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was we both just popped, you know, because here he was out in public, but he 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 went in character without the mask, you know, and and he said that's the way it's supposed to be. But he entertained so many people throughout this tri-state area, and so that's one of my favorite all-time mask men. So I'm not going to throw out any free bird rule or anything. Not saying that you or anyone else will, but or won't. But I just wanted to make mention of that, and I did make mention that mask men do get laid because of the time, you know, they didn't. What I heard. Uh, because, you know, back in the days, you, you just didn't interact that way. But, you know, times are changing, or they did change over the years in the wrestling business. I guess about everyone gets laid nowadays. I don't know. But anyway, let's get on for our top ten masked men of pro wrestling. What do you say, Silver Scorpion? That, are you number ten? That <laughs> You know, I actually took myself off the list this week. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeremy had me on there, but I, I vetoed that. I thought that would be too... Self-aggrandizing. I didn't feel that it would be right. Um, but number 10 is going to be one of my favorites on this list. And we're going to go with the Midnight Rider. Oh, yes. Yeah. The Midnight uh, Rider. Yeah. A lot of people say he sounded like Dusty Rhodes and looked like Magnum TA. But 
I'm pretty sure it was Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, too. And so hearing that uh, Almond Brothers song, oh, yeah. and big, big Dusty riding up there with that mask on, you know you know it's him, but you don't. You want to suspend your belief, and you could. And that horse, and he's just riding up through there. And that was a great thing about those territories. You could do it in different areas. You could you could have different names. When he done that, I guess he with uh, uh, uh Crockett Promotions then when it, when that came out when it's uh, NWA Nationwide or what have you. And, man, that was just a good, good gimmick, man, because, you know, you get burnt, you get beat, you get run out of town, loser leaves town, cut your hair, and you build up all these great angles, man, mm-hmm. and you come back under a hood, and no one knows who it is, but you do, but you don't. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome, man. That's why big the Midnight Riders number 10, man, to break our list, to, you know, just busting through on that big horse, hear that fucking song by the Almond Brothers, boom, and you know it's the man back there yeah, behind the mask. I think, okay, so I think he first did this character in Florida, I think. I, I think so, too, yes. Yeah, um, and then they did it again in the NWA, like you were saying. Um, and also, didn't the version he played for his entrance, wasn't that the Willie Nelson version of Midnight Rider? Oh, you know what? What a fucking recall, man. Yeah. I think you're right. Wow. Damn, how old yeah. am I? <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. I happen to know that Jeremy and Bobby both love a movie called Barbarossa. Yes. And that stars Willie Nelson. So, you know, I that that's that's one of those things that bubbled up in my memory right then. I'm pretty sure that the the dusty version of the Midnight Rider theme was the lover. Pretty what a sure. recall, yeah. man. I'm, I, I'm going to take your word for it. I'm not fact-checking because I've got chills with you just telling me that, man. Yeah. Even throwing Barbarossa in there as a reference gives me chills, man. Yeah. Uh, we could spend an hour talking on that, Scorpion. Oh, yeah. God damn it, Carl. Don't just stand there and shoot at him. <laughs> Folks, if you haven't seen Barbarossa, you better see it. It's a good movie, man. It's available on Amazon Prime. It is. Wow. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, you know oh. what? No, I bought it on Amazon. It's available oh, on okay. Amazon, but I bought it. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Amazon Prime, let's jump right into a plug there. You can try Prime for 30 days free. And this is totally off the cuff, guys, but hell, Scorpion brought it up. If you like Amazon products and you like stuff shipped to you and you like free shipping, you can try Prime for 30 days by going to tinyurl.com slash Prime. And you can get your product shipped to you, two-day delivery, free of charge. Uh, I bought Raging Bull a few weeks back. Jeremy just now mentioned Barbarossa. They've got uh, movies, DVDs, anything you want to find, you can find on Amazon. And also, they've got streaming service. Uh, one of our fans actually put that up uh, from the UK, I think. Uh, all the wrestling that's available. There's lots and lots of wrestling where you can stream. But again, just go to tinyurl. Dot com backslash BB try prime and you can get prime. You can help us out by sponsoring the show a little bit because mm-hmm. as you can tell, we don't have any big sponsors. We don't have anyone breathing down our neck to get this product out there. We get it out there because we love doing this. We love wrestling. We love having fun with it. And we like having fun with this fucking podcast. And I don't know where I'm going to go now because Jeremy's done busted my nut, called out Big Willie Nelson singing Midnight Rider with Big Dusty as the Midnight Rider and calling up Barbarossa. And my mind's blown already jeremy i gotta shut up <laughs> uh, I, I okay again jeremy is not here so Damn it, uh, yeah <laughs> we got to be careful about that because i need a drink yeah <laughs> sounds like you might already had one i know that's why i probably need one man 
No, I, I do. Um, no, I'm not having one. Anything else with <laughs> the Midnight Rider? I'll wait um, until after five, man. <laughs> um, you know what? No, I think I'm good on the Midnight Rider. Um, yeah. I think. Well, you know, it just it, just to point out. It, it it's a ballsy move, and every territory did it. You have a guy who has a clearly distinct way of walking, talking, being an accent or whatever, and then you throw a mask on him, and you don't have him change anything else. It would be like say Jeremy in this podcast pretending to be a mask guy of some kind. It just it's <laughs> preposterous, you know. And that's why it was kind of fun to watch, especially when you're a little younger. And you're yeah. just like, oh, he's really getting you. The bad guys know it's him, but they can't prove it. And, you know, it's just kind of fun. So with that, let's go ahead and go to number nine, Bobby. Number nine, the spoiler, the super destroyer, Don Jardine. He is the man that trained the Undertaker. I always remember he had a great, great body, and he could walk that top rope. I didn't get to see him perform a whole lot, man, because there were a lot of other people that did that spoiler gimmick that were copies in these small territories throughout the years like happens. But Don Jardine, I had heard about him when I was up in Canada. So, excuse me, some of the guys had worked with him out in Texas, and they always told me what a great body he had, how he took good care of himself and things like that. And he also trained the Undertaker, man. That's got to speak volume right there. One big man taking the time to train another big man. And so that's why number nine is a spoiler. He also worked as a super destroyer, Don Jardine. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things I want to point out is that when the Legion of Doom was formed, it was it was the spoiler, Jake Roberts, King Kong Bundy, and the Road Warriors originally. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that that just puts him in a in a class of super heavyweight fucking all time stars. That alone does it. Damn, Scorpion, you're bringing out all kinds of facts today. Mm. Man, stick around for another episode or two, would right. you? Well, you know, if right. if I'm not busy breaking you know, <laughs> breaking up a crime ring or uh, solving a uh, an insurance fraud or something, yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, I didn't know. I don't think I knew he trained the Undertaker. I think that was new to me. Um, okay. But I did know about the Legion of Doom thing because <clears throat> you know a lot of people just when they hear Legion of Doom they just think of the roast just another right. name for them. But no, it was actually a larger group that they were. Man, good recall, man. Mm-hmm, good recall. Mm-hmm. And again, we know some of these guys could have been interchangeable as we go down our list here. Someone might have had him higher, lower what have you and we're going by just off a lot of good memories uh some fact check even though i say we don't fact check some things we do uh you know and sometimes we get a date wrong here or there but you know for the most part it's it we're pretty close because we just again we're just fans we love it mm-hmm. uh number eight i personally got to know this man here when i worked for wcw of course he had no longer wore the mask but he wore this mask Oh, man, I want to say probably over four decades, and he was the original mask assassin, and that's Jody Hamilton. He was the heel's heel, as Tex wrote us and told us about. Um, also, he took five different uh, assassin number twos to tag team titles, so I think that's pretty cool that he kept, you know, it's his gimmick, his idea, what have you. He, he was the original one, and, you know, he went through five different partners. Uh, you know, that that's pretty cool because um, some tag teams, they just don't, you know, they might click once or twice or, you know, 
guys set their goals on different achievements in wrestling. And when I was at WCW, Jody was the man uh, pretty much that held the gorilla position, as you know, in WWE, the gorilla position for Gorilla Monsoon right mm-hmm. there before you got the curtain. Jody was the man when I was in WCW. You'd go back there, he'd be, he'd be sitting right there, you know, watching the monitors, watching the time, telling telling whoever's working the door with you, the curtain rather, with you, you know, when to go on and stuff like that. So Jody had his own position right there in WCW. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he's the father of Nick Patrick. And I don't think I'm giving anything away in oh, saying that. And, I, uh, actually, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool then. I'm yeah, telling you no, stuff that's you didn't the, know. Yeah. And uh, my first meeting with uh the mask assassin other than seeing him as a, you know, younger, as a young kid, as a fan was my first night in WCW and my tryout match. And, um, I came back through the curtain. He said, who told you to go home kid? And I looked at him like, what, you know, fuck, I ain't got a job yet. I'm just here to wrestle. And I was like, uh, it was time. And I had, I guess shaved like two minutes off the match or something. And, uh, <laughs> there was three tryout matches and I was given X amount of time, but I just felt like it was right, you know, and, mm-hmm. and went home and he said, uh, who gave you the time to go home kid? And I said, it, it was just time. And he said, uh, something to me and he goes pay attention to the referee for now of course the referee was charles robinson he was just trying out too and i had the most experience so when when it was time to go it was time to go and uh, lucky for me though um nick patrick uh you know i've come friends with nick and through nick and getting to know Jody a little bit better, that never became an issue, and I was appreciative of that. Uh, and Because Terry Taylor told me later that evening, you know, we're, sadly, I have to tell you this, Jeremy, or, or Scorpion, rather, mm-hmm, as he mm-hmm. told me, he said, Bobby, we're, we're not a wrestling company, we're a TV company, you know. So that's a good reason why that you want to take your match home at the appropriate time, because it's working on a time schedule, not your schedule, not a wrestling schedule, you know. So I learned very quickly that when Jody said to do something from his position there that's what you did if you got eight minutes you get your eight minutes in yeah <laughs> so uh, that's an authoritative p- uh, place to be and i dare say with or without that mask jody hamilton could have come up off that table and smacked the piss out of me like it was nothing and there's nothing i probably could have done about it <laughs> so uh nothing but respect for the mass assassin yeah and um i guess i i, I would have to double check this um, his longest stay or his longest stay in a tag team was from 68 to 72 in Georgia Championship Wrestling. And they, the Assassins held 12 titles, uh, tag team titles in those four years. Wow. I believe that made them the, um, and I can't remember what Georgia Championship, I don't know if they build their tag team as a world tag team champion or what, but it, that was the record-breaking number of uh, runs as tag team champions anywhere during that time period. Yeah, that was a hot territory, too, yeah. back in the day, man. They, they actually had two going down that way, I guess. So, number eight, the Mask Assassin. Let's go to number seven. We'll bring it up to someone a little bit more relevant, I guess. We're talking about oldies here, but this young man here, uh, Ray Mysterio, man, he, he hit the mainstream for the Luchadors. So, when I when when I was looking at this list and, and thinking of my list, obviously I, 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 I liked having Ray on the list. And then one of the reasons that I put him right here uh, is, as we talked about, sometimes 
he can represent more than just Rey Mysterio. He represents to me that whole era when the Luchadors started coming in mm-hmm. to WCW. That they had the AAA shows with Mike Tanay. We've talked about before, and um, I got to work with like Hoovitude and, and Halloween and a lot of these Luchadors. And they was to me that's what Ray kind of represents. I know. There was other people involved in the whole deal, but Ray was so small. I remember seeing Ray and Hoovitude walking in a hallway, and this is no lie. I thought to myself, I come over and even told him, uh, I, my, my oldest son at the time, I said, I, I walked by him, and I thought, I had this thought. I said, my, my nine-year-old's bigger than these two guys. <laughs> that was my thought. And I ended up wrestling Hoovitude that night and had a really good match with him. But when I come home, I told my older son, who, who was not at the time, I said, because, you know, they, him and, and both my boys, they really enjoyed the, the, the luchadors flying around. Who wouldn't like that stuff? in oh, mask. Yeah. I mean, you know. But I told him, I said, I said, Drake, I said, you're bigger than both of them boys. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they both filled out. And, of course, Ray really, really filled out. And he he's a tremendous performer former man the stuff he can do so i don't want to take away what he can and can't do out of ring but you know stating how small he was you know originally when i met him he's probably like 19 years old or had like five or six years experience and he, he was just incredible having these matches with uh, the likes of Dean malenko and chris jericho and and hoovitude and, and throw anyone else you want in or uh, eddie you know anyone you want uh ray was and he's still you know he's still out there today getting after it after a multitude of surgeries. I, he mm, may have slowed yeah. down some. I haven't seen him recently, but I know he still does a lot of work, uh, you know, stuff for the WWE. And he just, uh, he represents a big era for me. And I know this, Ray has a big heart, man. He has a real big heart because he always gives his all. He just, he's always out there giving his all. So Ray Mysterio Jr. comes in at number seven for me. Yeah. Um, there are a couple things there. So for those who don't know it or don't remember it, Bobby, you were there during the time. WCW made a big push with uh, AAA and Japanese wrestlers and really pushing that international style, the the more high-energy Mexican style. Rey Mysterio exemplifies that style of wrestling. That is a high-energy, constantly moving, rope-diving son of a bitch. You, You really, before him, you didn't see a lot of that. You know, it, he was really a guy that came onto the scene. He was part of that cruiserweight division, which, to be honest, was my favorite division. The cruiserweight division is where all the action was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he had a style that was fast-paced, fast-moving, high-energy, high-risk. I mean, obviously, he's paying sure. for it a little bit now, obviously. But he really exemplified what that could be. And, you know, and not, not to take it away, because I still think Dean Malenko is the greatest pound-for-pound wrestler of all time. But Rey Mysterio could talk a little better. He had a cooler look. You know, he does that, you know, changing yeah. his mask and, you know, the DC superhero thing that he does. Flashier. He yeah. also went on to be <clears throat> world heavyweight champion at WWE, which is saying a lot because the WWE does not like small champions necessarily. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And the writings of that time period you're mentioning, uh, the uh, when the cruiserweights were out there, the writings were at the highest. Mm-hmm. They weren't at the highest during the main events, believe it or not. They were at the highest during the cruiserweight matches. That's what people was tuned in to see, man. Yeah, uh, they was tuned in to see Ray and Dean and and Hoovy and 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 Chris and and Eddie and all those guys, you know, because it was nonstop, you know. And the thing about it was, we put them over before the announcers, Mike Tanay, that whole AAA, the Mexican guys, the Japanese guys, that whole style, and and Mike over there announcing it, knowing all the names to the wrestler. We talked about 
how he knew the wrestler, excuse me, knew the knew the holes and the moves and stuff. That just got that show, that part of the show over so much more. And yeah, it's great to see someone like Ray that went on, like you said, to become a champion up in New York, WWE. And uh, it's just like I said, he has a big heart that just goes to show that uh, you know he just worked hard, trained hard. Uh, you know, and showed up and did what he was supposed to do without getting in trouble and, you know, did it to the best of his ability and it paid off for him, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good for him. And I got to say, one of the nastiest bumps I've ever seen sold on TV was Rey Mysterio when Kevin Nash lawn darted him into that trailer. Oh, I knew you was going to say yeah, that. That, yeah. was, that was one of the nastiest things I'd ever seen. That was one of those moments where you're like, I'm like, wrestling's bullshit, but... Dude just ate a fucking trailer with his face. There's no way you can fake that, you know? No, that, that's the thing. When that happened, there was a lot of guys in that position like Kevin and, and a couple other ones, and they were literally just throwing their weight around, you know, mm-hmm. and without regards for other people's bodies. And, and I'm not going to go on a big rant about that. I'm just going to say that, you know, you're trusting that man with your body, and, and I think they're actually, and I can't speak for these guys. I'm just saying this is just a feeling I had and a little bit I know from back in the day. Some of those bigger guys, I already mentioned it, the, the cruiserweights were getting the um, were getting the ratings. I think there was some jealousy there. Oh, you know, probably. They're, 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 um, I, I heard things, and I think, you know, I'm not saying anyone's trying to intentionally hurt anyone, but I'm saying that, you know, sometimes you get careless careless just by you know uh having a little bit of anger at you that you know you should be more professional and i think that's one of them times you know you got a really big strong guy and the other guy's trash with his body i don't think he intentionally tried to hurt him but damn he just like threw him like a dart like yeah. you said right to the side of that trailer and it was this wicked man that thing, but, yeah. uh, you know that was just nasty yeah. i remember seeing that and just being like holy shit he tried to kill that guy yeah <laughs> yeah so but that's what comes through when you got a legitimate heat there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you want. Again, I'm not saying they was trying to hurt each other or Kevin was trying to hurt him. I'm just saying there's probably some legit heat there. And when you carry that over that controlled anger, if you will, it makes it look that much better. And knowing Ray, Ray probably said, just launch me. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll take the bump. So that, that's what you do as a professional too, you know. Um, you just say, you know what, you gotta do it, let's do it, and, and, and that's what you do. And it comes across as such, and that, that's what gives you a good product. You know, it gives you, even that wasn't in the ring, that gives you an, a good in-ring product, you know, when you yep. got the. Okay. I don't either. Yeah. That was just, weird. uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll edit some of that up and, uh. No, I just yeah. was saying, okay. I was just saying that's all I really had to say about Ray before he moved on unless you have anything to say. No, I think I think I uh, I, I pretty much said everything I have to say. So yeah, let's, you let's, covered it good, man. Yeah. Let's go to number six and uh you gotta hear is the bullet, but it's obviously Bob Armstrong, so Oh, it is? <laughs> yeah, the bullet, man. Bullet Bob Armstrong. Yeah, a lot of people think that he, he started that gimmick uh, just to start the gimmick, but actually came after a weightlifting incident. The uh, dumbbell crushed Siva's face, and he had to have a lot of reconstructive surgery. And while he was undergoing the surgery, he he donned the hood and became the bullet. And even after recovering from the, the uh, surgery, uh, thankfully, because he, he's a great, great performer and a really good, good man, Bob Armstrong, uh, he, he, he would don that from time to time, uh, bringing it out when he needed to. And he started a lot of feuds, mostly in the South. You know, he started with the stud stable and continental. Uh, he used it on Georgia championship. He used it, you know, uh, throughout, uh, uh, 
Georgia, Carolinas, mostly down south, like I said. But Bullet Man, uh, when I got to work with him, he was the commissioner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And it, I think they built it up over 18 months between him and Cornette. The build-up was there. The build-up was there. And, you know, finally – they had that, so that was in the you know early nineties there, and of course at, at some point after Bullet, the commissioner Bullet Armstrong against the loudmouth manager Jimmy Cornette, once that built so high and they actually got to you know the bullying point of it, it's time for a good friend of Bullet uh, of Bob's named Bullet has to show up, you know. So it's one of those things again, where that's that that suspension of belief, man. And uh, Bob was just a, a really, really good worker, uh, or the bullet was, I should say, both of them were. And uh, I always liked him under that hood, man. He he would have that hood on, and, uh, you know, he was an arm strong. He had the big arms, but he didn't have big legs. And I heard him in an interview one time say, you never seen a thoroughbred with fat legs, you know. So, but he had his singlet on and he'd stand back behind that curtain and they'd come out the bad to the bone at the time. And he'd be standing there and he'd get them legs a going. And he was a little bit older when I met him, of course, but he'd have that mask. Well, you're sitting, he had a great body, great body. Went to the gym with him several times down in Georgia when I was down that way. Used to work out sometimes. He done his own thing. I'd be with Steve or Scott. We'd do our own thing, you know. Uh, uh, Brad was on a whole nother level as far as working out goes. But, you know, Scott and Steve, we did our own things. But Bullet, hey, he was was intense he did his own thing but uh yeah that curtain back to that jody spot if you will uh the he'd be standing right there and that music would hit man and he'd have that mask and that body and he'd start moving that foot it is almost like you know using the presence of elvis or something the way he'd get that leg going you know and man when time was right he'd bust through that curtain and, and i don't know he did went anywhere he didn't get a pop because everyone knew the bullet was over when he come out you know so that's my memories of the bullet, and that's why I have him at number six. Yeah, and I, I want to just point out, you know, when uh, Cody Rhodes comes to the ring, he's got that video package that says, like, wrestling has more than one royal family. Uh, the Armstrongs are a sadly overlooked family in the lineage of wrestling royal families. That guy created a dynasty of wrestling professionals. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it just, I, I, I always want to take the time to take a quick aside and say, you know, the rest of us need to remember the Armstrongs. The North remembers. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I've been the, watching uh, a lot of Game of Thrones. That's okay. <laughs> that's cool, man. No, I tell you, the uh, uh, Armstrongs always been good to me, and I, I, I always been good to them too. You know, that's just the way it works. But uh, the uh, I could tell you so many Armstrong stories. It's not even funny. But one, what, what, uh, one of uh, that was funny was. Uh, Brad, you know, had all the talent in the world, and uh, he was still working at WCW when Road Dog was still performing back in, in WWF at the time. And I, they was on. I was on vacation. I, I was working for WCW. I was on vacation, and I was listening to Howard Stern and uh, Road Dog and Billy Gunn were on the show, and <laughs> someone called in and said something about uh, Brian. Uh, Brad being a jobber and Brian having all the talent in the world. Well, Brian didn't take too kindly to that. And he said, let me tell you something. And he went on a big rant, but basically what it amounted to, he said, my brother Brad has more talent 
<laughs> that all of us put together on one finger. He ain't goddamn has more talent than you. And he said, I'll tell you what. And he just buried this collar, but it's true, man. Brad has so much talent, you know. Bullet has so much talent. They all had as much talent. Sometimes, uh, you know, and, and Brian just, you know, was just defending his whole family, basically. But, uh, and Brian had that great run. Of course, uh, Scotty's a, a booker and an agent there now, and they both work there as agents. And that's great, you know. Uh, but yeah, Bullet, man. That Armstrong family, uh, what a great group of guys right there, man. Yeah, what a great group absolutely, of guys. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead. Yeah, and let's keep, move on. Yeah, let's keep this list going, and let's go on to number five, uh, which is Jushin Thunder Liger, who, yes, for, for, for guys my age, we grew up watching like Ultraman and Spectreman on TVs, and Jushin Liger looks like a, he could have been a hero or a villain on one of those shows. Yeah. 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 What a talented guy he was, too. And, you know, uh, I had the pleasure of going to Australia with him. I I started hearing about him probably in um, late 90, early 91, uh, just because the, um, the, like I mentioned before, being at Millennium. Yeah, Japanese magazines down there, but um, also uh, he was getting over real huge. I used to read the dirt sheets, and and the Observer always, you know, had had his matches and little stories. Then '92 they came out with a special. Uh, my brother ended up buying it. It's a really nice thing that uh, they had put together to the Observer, and it's all about uh, Jushin Liger. So I had read that in like '92ish, but then in '93 I got to go to Australia on a tour, and he was going to be on it. And let me just say. Every night, he worked every night, of course. We all did. It was just a big, big tour, mega tour, if you will. And, um, man, he just tore the house down in every match he had. It didn't matter if he was wrestling Dean, uh, Chris, if he was wrestling a tag team match with, with uh, him and uh, Chris against the Malenkos. It didn't matter how he was matched up. I just sit there. Those guys are athletes. You know, they are athletes. And I would this one place we were at, it had a um, – when I went up in a balcony, I was sitting, or it was like I was sitting in a church, uh, just to watch him guys perform. It was just so smooth, man, and to see him. And then other things, he always kept his body in really, really good shape. He would, he would do two. I've seen him do two thousand squats before a match. Before I mean, he Jesus. was always doing four or five hundred. Sometimes he'd do two thousand, and one day he just got in his own. You know, everyone's doing their own thing and i looked over and man he was he was doing it for like 30 minutes he knocked out like 2000 and um so they said he does it about once a week or he did at the time and but his conditioning was unbelievable and he's just one of them guys when he cut he got on wcw a couple of times in tv and I always got the pop when i saw him and um you know i don't guess he really wanted to work here York, he's such a big star in Japan, so uh, the times he was on TV was maybe a tournament or something. I think he wrestled Brad. I think he wrestled Chris and a few other guys. I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, Liger, man. Plus, he, I think he ended up having his own cartoon or co- uh, maybe comic book after him or something because he came up that whole design of his costume on his own, drew his own hair out, and he made all that around him, you know, because I think – in New Japan, at the beginning, he wasn't really over that much. But once he went to Mexico, and then Calgary, and then back to Japan, and he emerged as Jushin Liger, you know, that's when he really, really got over when he introduced that character. Like you said, people, people bought it, man, because they, they thought he could either be a superhero or the villain. It didn't matter. He was he was just over with that look. Yeah. So. 
And I, I, I'm trying to remember. I think his look was based on a cartoon or a comic book originally. And yeah, I think he yeah, had I think his, it was comic book. Yeah, and I think he, I think you're right. He did have a cartoon or a comic because I mean, when he got over, he got over like big. Yeah. 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 Oh. Well, let's go to number four because this guy here got over too. Tiger Mask. <laughs> he comes in at number four because we're good. And again, some of these guys could have been interchangeable here, but the original Tiger Mask, and I think they're up to Tiger Mask four now. I know I worked with one in Michinoku. He was Tiger Mask three and, uh, he was a tremendous performer. But yeah, Tiger Mask, uh, just going to throw this out there real quickly, Jeremy, on a YouTube page. Uh, if you go to tinyurl.com backslash BBBB video, that's where you can subscribe to our video channel. It's ran by Tex down there. Uh, he, you know, he, he's from Tex. People ask him if he's from Texas. He said, yeah, west of, uh, uh, where? Waco? I don't know. But yeah, Texas down there working the graphics out. He's down there working the video out. Hopefully he'll get something up on Tiger Mask because, um, there's a lot of good footage of Tiger Mask, uh, and Dynamite Kid. And yeah. man, I know my youngest son, I played that for him a few years ago and it was unreal. And if you watch Tiger Mask and, uh, Dynamite in Madison Square, Garden, I think from around like 1981 or 82, and there's some stuff in there that's just so far ahead of time. You know, we was talking about Ray Mysterio doing some of the stuff that we didn't see, and that's what you saw with Tiger Mask. He was doing stuff in that ring that was just, you know, it wasn't it, uh, the United States, I guess, or, or WWF at the time. They, they or us or we, we wasn't ready for it then. But the Japanese people were. They saw what, you know, he had those kicks, those spinning back kicks, the flips. He did it all, but he did it in a way that wasn't reckless. And also he did it in a way as, as smooth as Rey Mysterio is in a ring. Uh, Tiger Mask, the, the way he did it, it was, it was, it was so smooth. It's just, it's, those guys are just rare. That's why they're on this list with or without a mask. Uh, but of course we're doing a mask. Man, the way they performed those, moves is so smooth and so you know you you could compare those two and you could put liger in there uh all the they, those guys are athletes uh they're wrestlers and and they're performers and they just make it look so smooth because anyone you say well you know what uh scorpion uh you know do a top wrist lock and then grab the rope and do a flip off of it or whatever and, and the scorpion will say yeah and then it you can look and you kick the guy in the head or you flop down on your ass or you hurt the guy's wrist or whatever. When those guys do it, it's just fluid motion. And it's just, I saw an arm drag. Someone uh, sent me a video the other day and this guy was coming off the ropes and a guy threw an arm drag. He sunk it in so deep and pulled him over. The guy taking the arm drag took such a beautiful bump. It was just, it was beautiful execution. And that's what you would see when you saw a tiger mask. He just had this beautiful execution in a move in a ring of all the moves he performed. And that's why he's number four on our list of the top, uh, 10 masked men in pro wrestling. Um, you know, I, I do want to point out, I don't know how many of our listeners and fans might be old school Nintendo nerds like I am. Uh, there was a game in the eighties called pro wrestling that had a bunch of, Pro wrestlers that had basically had their serial numbers filed off and replaced with a reasonable thereof. Uh, there was a character in there named Giant Panther that was on Tiger Mask. Oh, really? So, yes. Like, they barely covered up the fact that he was Tiger Mask. It's, you know, but that's how, <laughs> that's how big the Tiger Mask persona or character is in Japan. That, you know, wow. well, it's been going on, what, since the 70s or 80s? 
Yeah, I think no seventies. I think uh, yeah, I think late seventies. Because if I'm not mistaken, uh, maybe there's footage from seventy nine. Yeah, that's out there. I could be wrong. I think that's the earliest footage I've seen. So I'm thinking, you know, he's probably probably you know a couple years before that, maybe seventy seven, seventy eight, maybe training. Because at the time, the New Japan Dojo, you stayed there for like two years before before you even got a match, and that was just considered like an exhibition match, you know, for a year of that maybe. So yeah, probably late seventies, but uh, definitely around eighty for sure. Yeah, and then so, I guess yeah, Tiger but, Mask. Yeah. Tiger Mask is the first or the only, I'm not sure which. He held the NWA light heavyweight and the WWF light heavyweight titles simultaneously. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. yeah that's, cool. Or a uh, junior heavyweight championship and the world junior heavyweight championship from WA. That's what it was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I will wow. bet. So that shows he's the best yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I love in Japan is that they still treat wrestling like a legit sport. And they have that one yes. that, um, I can't think of whose title it is, but it's nine wrestling championships together. And so when you win this title, you get all nine of these belts. And there's like old NWA defunct titles and all these things in there. Um, it, it looks kind of badass when these guys come out to the ring carrying nine belts. Because then you're like, nice. dude's legit. There's, you know, that much gold does not lie. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's respect factor, too, if you get yep. that. So, and that's, that's by the promoters, the other boys and the fans. So that, that's one good reason to, you know, I like that Japanese wrestling as well as the respect factor and keeping it like a competition. Uh, that's great, man. But anyway, let's get a quick rundown here. We started off with number 10. Again, this is episode 40 of the Masked Men of Pro Wrestling. We had the Midnight Rider. We had the Spoiler. We had the Mask Assassin. We had Rey Mysterio Jr. We had the Bullet. Jushin Thunder Liger, and we just now spoke about Tiger Mask. That's going to take us into our top three. Jeremy, anything we need to plug or get out there before we get into these top three? Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and let's talk about your books for a second there, Bobby. Okay, we, please we, do. We missed our initial plugs. Of course, this show is sponsored by Bobby's Books, uh, which are available on Amazon. You can get Pay Me, Pay Me, Have Boots, Will Travel by going to tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. You get his other book, I Kicked Out on Two, The Education of a Wrestler, by going to tinyurl.com slash blazebook2. When you get to his author page on Amazon, do look around, because he's got a couple other short stories and things you can get as well, like his Christmas stories and things like But if you've ever wanted to see what it's like to be a working wrestler, read Bobby's books. If you enjoy our podcast and don't own his book yet, buy these books. It really helps us out. Bobby sells a book, the show gets a little bit of a kickback. You get entertaining stories out of the deal. It's a win-win-win for everybody. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I appreciate that. And one more time, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, Scorpion, I don't know where you can be found out, but my other co-host, Jeremy, he can be found at the Geekish Cast on Twitter. You can find me at BobbyBlaze744 on Twitter, or you can follow a joint account, which is bell to bell blaze on Twitter. There's also a YouTube page uh, that I've mentioned earlier, channel, and also there's a uh, Facebook page that you can find as well. Just go in there and find it, bell to bell blaze and uh, type it in. You'll figure it out. That's uh, not that hard, kiddies. Anyway, let's get into our top three of the masked wrestling men, and that would be 
Uh, well, kind of appropriate. He's close to it. Mr. Wrestling number two. He comes in at number three. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, he, he, uh, come, Mr. Wrestling number two makes the list as the number three. Uh, again, some of these guys could have been interchangeable and someone's going to say, Hey, why the fuck getting a bullet up there? Or why wasn't Ray Mysterio ahead of the uh, Tiger Mask or Liger and this and that? Well, there's a good reason. And that reason is because that's the way we wrote it down. That's right. <laughs> that's where it ended up on the page. That's right. I don't think there's any dispute in our number one or number two, but number three through ten, and then you could have named a bunch of others and had them on that list. Why didn't so and so make it with Jeremy's or excuse me, the Scorpion's already explained that to you. Mm -hmm. So number three, Mr. Wrestling number two, man. This guy was so over. He was over in Mid South. He was over in Georgia Championship Wrestling. He was over in the Carolinas. Uh man, he just put that door the course of Mr. Wrestling number one and uh then uh Mr. Wrestling number two comes along and he just had that high, high knee lift and he got over, man. He was, he was over everywhere he went. And, uh, I know that he, um, I saw pictures in a magazine. He was from Georgia and, uh, they had pictures of Mr. Wrestling number two standing with Jimmy Carter. You couldn't do this nowadays. Of course, Carter was a, was a former president of the United States, mm -hmm. but, uh, he, uh, he had his mask on standing next to the president, you know, probably picking peanuts or something. I don't know what the fuck they was doing, but, uh, um, I guess he got invited to inauguration and didn't go because I don't think they would have let him wear his mask there, but I know they had pictures together, him and the president of the United States. And then that's one thing about the, uh, the Mexican guys when they make appearances, they wear their mask and the same thing in Japan. I know up to just a few years ago, um, I I wanted to mention him earlier too, the great Sasuke. I owe a great deal to the great Sasuke for giving me a break in Japan and helping me get over with Michinoku Pro. But when he, when he got into uh, the uh, Japanese diet there, the, the uh, 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 shit uh, parliament, there was him. I can't think of the other guy. There was another one as well. But they wore their mask at the time. They would wear their mask in the parliament. I think it's called the Japanese Diet, not the parliament. But you know, their government. And so you know, you couldn't see it in the United States. Now I, I, you probably can't do it there now. But that's just a respect factor there. That the president, that was his favorite wrestler, and yep. they do a photo op, and he's like, you know what? I can't take my mask off. And I heard. From good resources on other podcasts, that he even took a shower in his mask, didn't take it off the tee, was completely out of that town. And of course, uh, the flying was limited back then, but when he flew, again, you can't do this nowadays, kiddies, but he kept the mask on everywhere he went, everything he did. So that's, uh, that's the way you, to go back to the Dark Shadow story. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're a masked wrestler, you're a masked wrestler. You keep your mask on. That's uh, that's kind of where that's it's right. going. Yeah. <laughs> that's where it's going. Yeah. Yes, sir. Anything that about Mr. Wrestling um, number two there? You know, I I think for me, the number one thing to remember about Mr. Wrestling two is the Magnum TA mentorship slash breakup feud, blah, blah, blah. That was probably the standout in my memory of his career. You know, okay. that's, that, that would be the time that I know him from, uh, where he, gotcha. you know, he mentored gotcha. Magnum and I believe it was, uh, against your buddies at the midnight express where, where, uh, Mr. Wrestling <laughs> chicken shit and Magnum and turned on him. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think he that, got jealous of all the fucking publicity that mm -hmm. uh, Magnum was getting, you know? That's so, right. And, and, but uh, you back, know, um, back then guys in masks didn't get laid and handsome guys like Magnum did. So that's probably what happened. 
that's that's probably it. Damn, that's that's, pro- that's probably it, man. Yeah. Oh god. Well, we're down to our number two here, Jeremy. Uh, was this written down for any particular reason, or were these two, as I mentioned, or they was they were the ones that we decided they were going to definitely be number ones and two? Um, uh, you know, I think or, you I think you just listed them and then put numbers on them. I think is how. I, oh, I think is that you, how that yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah, okay. I think, yeah. Um, well, number two well, is the masked superstar, and I'm not Jeremy. I'm the Silver Scorpion. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whoever said Jeremy, uh, my bad. His bad. Whatever. Yeah. No, the mass superstar, man, he's one of my favorite masked men. Um, I liked him because when, when I remember him coming on the scene, he was so big and so strong looking. And I had never seen a masked wrestler. You know, sometimes you, a masked wrestler, you don't have this great body or, you know, you don't work so good or whatever it is, you know, you're trying to cover something up maybe. Uh, and I'm not speaking for all masked wrestlers, obviously, because that's what our whole list is evolving around. I'm just saying that sometimes you try to cover up something and you're not doing just a gimmick as the midnight rider coming back into a territory. You're trying to throw a swerve, whatever the, the mass superstar though, it was like, I didn't know who he was which was a good thing because, again, a little bit younger. But here's this really big man and a strong man, and he could do things and make it look so good. And it also it looked like he was killing people when he did those moves to him. He executed the moves, and it's one of those things, too, during his interviews, if he said he was going to do something in his match, he would do it. And that's one thing I used to drive me crazy in the business is is if if you you can't tell someone you're going to break their arm and then get in the ring and not break their fucking arm, you know, but you can tell them you're going to whip their ass, you're going to do this and do that and get in the ring and do it. You know, obviously you can't tell someone I'm going to kill you because then you got to go in there and do it. But, you know, once you get inside a cage, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. When, when the mass superstar would say he was going to do something in the ring, he would go in there and actually do it. And he would give you a finish before getting into the ring without giving anything away. If he was going to win, he made it sound convincing that his competition was just as good as him, and it would take his best effort to win if he did win, and he would win. If he would lose, he just had a way of doing it. And one of the things he got that from Malenko, he said that Malenko had told him, and this is just uh, just personal knowledge and, and straight shoot here, that when you go into a territory, it's to be different. If everyone has long hair, you cut your hair short. If everyone has short hair, grow your hair long. And when you get on a microphone, if if the other person is yelling, then you talk. And if you if everyone else is talking, then you yell. So you want the attention on you. So a scorpion all of a sudden starts yelling. If the scorpion starts yelling, time limit draw, Bobby, time limit draw, starts yelling, then I would sit there and talk and say, well, scorpion, the time limit may be up, but our time is not up. I have something more to say. And then vice versa. If I'm on here yelling, 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 then scorpion would come in and just talk. And that was one of the things about Superstar. He knew how to get his voice up or take it down. He also knew how to get his opponent, without even getting in a ring with him yet, up and bring him down to his level of competition. And he he was – very smart in that way. So the mask 
superstar comes in at number two on our list of mask wrestlers. Right. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm hopefully not ruining anybody's gimmick here. He was also Axe <laughs> in uh, Demolition, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I'm, uh, I'm not one to spoil people's secret identities or anything. No, no. Just, yeah. Yeah. I understand it. Uh, Jeremy, I mean, Black Scorpion, yeah, Silver yeah. Scorpion. Uh, no, uh, no, I'll say this. This was what's funny. I, this happened, oh, last year at the uh, uh, retirement show I went to. Uh, for someone that's not retired, we talked about last week. Yeah. No, uh, the, uh, Bill Eady, he's a hell great guy, uh, mass superstar. I had the good fortune of meeting him way back in the uh, uh, mid-90s on a lot of independent shows, and, and he's always worked. He, he's always he's a great guy, but uh, he I saw him, I don't know, a couple of summers ago, and in one town in West Virginia, he worked one night as the masked superstar, and then the next night, he worked as uh, acts of uh, a demolition. So, the last year at that retirement show, they made it from, I don't know, nine until noon or whatever. They had the, um, you know, come and see Axe, one half of the demolition. <laughs> and he had the face paint on and sit there in character as gimmick at a table, you know, and had his stuff out there. And it was all the, you know, WWF stuff from when he was Axe. And then from like one o'clock to three o'clock, here's your chance to meet the mass superstar. <laughs> he went in and he changes his gimmick midway through it, goes to another other table and does a whole nother different signing and I, and I think that's so cool that he can do that and it's one of those things that we started off the top of the hour with with about midnight rider you know but you don't want to know you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying Absolutely. and when you go over and talk to him and you see the fans interacting with them well that's just they know too and that's one of the things about that's the beauty of it that he pulls it off and he stays in character but he's such a good guy that you know people like to stick around here stories and and they don't care if it's the mass superstar because they may be a fan of his or they may be a fan of axe or just a fan of bill 80s so there you go so no you didn't expose anyone's business i don't think if they did you're you know you tuned into the wrong show probably <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we've got one more to go scorpion All right. Well, you want to get us up here, number one? Yeah, you're going to have to do a lot of the heavy lifting on this one. Number one is the Intelligent Sensational Destroyer slash Dr. X. Yes, Dick Byer. And, you know, I've had a hernia, and I can't lift anything heavy, so I don't have oh. a lot to say. No. <laughs> no, the Intelligent Sensational Destroyer. Dick Byer. Well, he he wrestled over five decades. I think that's incredible. And also, he's one of those guys that stayed in phenomenal shape throughout his entire career. Um, the thing about him that I remembered, uh, and we've all seen it, if you're any kind of wrestling fan at all, I'm sure you have. Uh, back in the day when you, when you got the wrestling magazines, you could actually buy a Dr. X match or mask, I said match, by a Dr. X mask. And also they had a, a destroyer mask in the back of the magazines back in the day. You could send, you know, $5.95 or $15.95 or whatever and cut the little coupon out of the book and save a couple dollars and this and that. But he was one of the first people, I guess, to have a very, very successful mail order business with those masks. Uh, and the, um, the thing about it was, uh, 
more than him wearing the mask, the one thing that stands out in my mind, you can see where my mind went as a 50-year-old boy probably, and that is seeing Debbie Harry Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the uh, uh, Olympic Auditorium for a performance, and she's out there wearing a Dr. X T-shirt, baby. Maybe just a pair of panties and a Dr. X T-shirt, and she's out there performing with Blondie. And I'm like, whoa, that's when you know you're a fan of wrestling uh, and girls. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. uh, there's more to it that I'm not trying to take anything away from the Intelligence Sensational Destroyer coming at number one. But one of the notes here that um, that uh, was sent over by, by text to us was, said the guy drew 70 million television viewers for a match in Japan in 1963 against Ricky Dozen. I think that's incredible, man. That's that's the way you stay over right there. You start off hot and never cool off, you know. So he was a legend over there. He worked for the WWA, the AWA, and probably worked just about anywhere in the world he wanted to uh, at any given time. If he if he probably he probably worked in NWA, he probably worked in WWF back in the day on some days off or something. But he stayed so busy overseas and in Japan that he he just worked every you know he just worked. Yeah. And um, he was another. Uh, very good performer, good talker, and uh, just had those masks, man. And you could work two different ways, and that's the thing people don't understand. He worked one way as super destroyer, as the destroyer, and worked another way as Doctor X, and that just shows what kind of performer you have to be to do that. And that's why he comes in at number one, the intelligent, sensational destroyer. Hashtag Doctor X. Hashtag Dick Buyer. You know, so you could put any hashtag after you want because he was intelligent and sensational, but he was the destroyer. Yeah. So that's well, our top ten. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good one to close on. I mean, yeah, he had a he had a legit career in the states, but he really took off in Japan. I think and over, uh, I believe he feuded yeah. with Giant Baba and Mil Mascaris while he was in Japan. You know, Giant Baba when he got older it was a little slow and boring to watch, but in his youth, somebody that big put on a show it was worth seeing back then um yeah i mean he definitely you know and like you're saying one of the first guys to you know go out and like sell his gimmick you know like here get my mask (laughs) both of them but i'm not going to tell you it's both me um you know (laughs) nowadays we live in the internet age if you want a, a wrestling hood or boots or tights you just jump on the internet there was a time there were like three people who made gear for wrestlers you know you know, yeah. You know, your boots came from them. Your, you know, hey, your buddy, your buddy got tights from this chick in Georgia who lives somewhere near the TV studio, and that's how she got into it. Well, that's where you get your tights. From. <laughs> you know, nowadays you just go on, yeah. what is that, Top Rope or whatever, or High Spots or whatever it's called. Yeah, High and Spots. It, yeah, yeah, and they got everything. So that's pretty cool. And that's a hell of a list, Bobby. Um, how how are you feeling about yeah, how, we, uh, how we did that? Yeah. I liked it. I think uh, we have to send out a shout out to Tex. His mm-hmm. he had a list also. It's very similar to our our list. Um, as you said at the top of the hour, you know we could have. There's a lot of other people that could have made our list. Um, but yeah, I feel real confident that this is a really solid top ten. Um, I'll put it against any other top tens out there because you and I we go a lot off memory. Might look this up, look that up, or whatever. But you go on, and I'll say you, you what you don't have on this list. You only had a couple that actually worked for. Uh, not a on some big rant about you know a certain company or product you go on and start looking up a top 10 list of masked wrestlers either on youtube or or google or whatever and you always go back to one place and they only list their guys that you here's the thing we give you people we gave you people from all over the damn world you know that's why i say i feel confident in our top 10 because we gave you 
decades of different wrestlers. Some wrestlers are still wrestling now. Some that started in 1955, you know, all the way through today. And also some of the most, the, these guys here, man, they, they knew how to work the gimmick. They just weren't some fly by night here, put a mask on to be a wrestler. No, they were, these guys were all superstars in their day and in their time. And they made an impact in professional wrestling. So I feel very, very confident about our list, man. I really do. And uh, I'll put it against anyone else's list out there on them YouTubers or, or if you want to Google something, it always comes up to, to something that, you know, oh, they only work this company here. Well, these guys worked all over the damn world, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, for that, our mask guys, uh, man, our top ten mask men of pro wrestling is solid. That's what I say. I, I agree with you. And yeah, you know, sometimes we come up with these topics, you and I go to start doing research, and all you can find are top WWE stars for whatever. And I'm like, you know, wrestling's right. been around since 1938 as, as a formalized sport. Um, I'm pretty sure we have more than just that to refer to. So that is yeah. definitely something we so, run yeah. into. I mean, something Jeremy and Bobby run into when we show. Yeah, but um, yeah. Well, you go find some damn crime or something, man, because you done a hell of a job this week, Scorpion. Well, you can come you. back on this show anytime. Well, that's that's good because you know yeah. Jeremy's kind of flagging pretty hard these days, so it's important that he's got a backup over here. You know. Um, all right, Bobby. Well, thank you for joining me this week. It has been a hell of a show as usual. Uh, you got anything you want to shout out before we go? No, man. Just everyone have a good week and take care of each other out there. Be good to each other and. That's it, man. Just be good to each other out there in the world, folks. Yeah, probably most importantly, try to try to stick with that as a rule on a daily basis. But um, everybody, <laughs> it's been our pleasure to have you listen, but it's been your pleasure to do the listening. We'll see you next time on Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. Thanks for listening to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. You can follow the show on Twitter at Bell to Bell Blaze. You can also follow Bobby on Twitter at BobbyBlaze744 and Jeremy on Twitter at TheGeekishCast. To purchase one of Bobby's books, you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook1 to purchase Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots, Will Travel. And you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook2 to get I Kicked Out on 2, The Education of a Wrestler. To donate to the show's podcast hosting fees, you can visit GoFundMe.com slash bell to bell podcast hosting fees be sure to include a hyphen in every word in bell to bell podcast hosting fees if you follow and listen to the show on apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review be sure to share the show with any wrestling fan you may know and get on the facebook page where you can keep up with bell to bell fans just like you again thanks for listening to the program and look for the show again next time